0: Good morning, Faithful Listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained Podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Wednesday, Faithful Listeners. Thanks for tuning into the Bible Explained Podcast. And hi, my name is Jen. I'm the host here. And for those of you who tune into the podcast daily, I just want to thank all of you guys. And I especially want to thank the state of Texas. You have far surpassed every state in the United States, including my own home state of Ohio. Texas and California are actually neck and neck with each other for downloads of the Bible Explained podcast. So thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And I'm also uh, seeing Michigan tuning in quite a bit. And Florida. Yeah, my home state of Ohio just a shame. It's a shame that they've abandoned me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love all of you guys, and I'm, I'm so excited that uh, you're all here. And I just love getting all your messages and hearing about your particular state or country and what the weather is like where you're at and what you like to drink. I love hearing from all of you guys. So continue to email me. You'll find my contact information in the description of this podcast episode. Let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 31 today, verses 14 through 29. I'll be reading out of the WEB as usual. You might find it kind of odd if you have your Bible in front of me that I'm not reading the last verse of this chapter. I am going to leave the last verse for Friday, actually, and we'll talk about that on Friday. But for now, let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 20 or I'm sorry, 31, verses 14 through 29. And yeah, I'll be reading out of the W-E-B. Grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and let's jump into scripture together. Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, your days are approaching, that you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting, that I may commission him. Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. Yahweh appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood over the tent's door. Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, you shall sleep with your fathers. This people will rise up and play the prostitute after the strange gods of the land where they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day and I will forsake them and I will hide my face from them and they shall be devoured and many evils and troubles shall come on them so that they will say in that day, haven't these evils come on us because our God is not among us? I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evil which they have done, in that they have turned to other gods. Now therefore write this song for yourselves, and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that the song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I have brought them into the land which I swore to their fathers, flowing with milk and honey, and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant." It will happen when many evils and troubles have come on them that this song will testify before them as a witness for it will not be forgotten out of the mouths of their descendants for I know their ways and what they are doing today before I have brought them into the land which I have promised them. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. He commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, be strong and courageous for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore to them. I will be with you. When Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book, until they were finished, Moses commanded the Levites, who bore the ark of Yahweh's covenant, saying, Take this book of the law and put it by the side of the ark of Yahweh your God's covenant, that it may be therefore a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you today, you have been rebellious against Yahweh. How much more after my death? Assemble to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in your ears, and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will utterly corrupt yourselves, and turn away from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will happen to you in the latter days, because you will do that which is evil in Yahweh's sight, to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. The part that really stood out to me about this was when Moses was basically yelling at the elders here in verses 26 through 29. And he says, for I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you today, you have been rebellious against Yahweh. How much more after my death? I thought that was fascinating. Actually, it just shows you that the Israelites were rebellious the entire time. I mentioned a while back that in the book of Micah, there was a little verse that said that the Israelites carried their star gods with them in the wilderness. Like they didn't do any of the laws that God had told them to do. They didn't do any kind of sacrifices, nothing while they were in the wilderness. But yet they carried their gods with them. I found that really fascinating because just how rebellious the Israelite people were is probably more than we even can think. It was it was probably more than we can even imagine of how rebellious this people really was. I mean, we, we see the rebellion from all the stories we've been talking about in the Old Testament up till now, but There's a lot more stated in other portions of scripture and like little verses like this where Moses is like, today you were rebellious. (laughs) So how much more after my death? You know, it just it makes you think like, man, how rebellious really were the Israelite people. But then again, how rebellious are you and I? You know, like sometimes I want to think that I'm super good. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a Bible teacher. I teach the Bible on a podcast and you know, I've never done any big sin. And then that alone, though, me saying stuff like that or thinking stuff like that is a sin. It's the sin of like arrogance and pride. (laughs) And both those things, it actually says in scripture, the first thing that God hates is a prideful heart. Like he absolutely hates pride. Pride is so anti-God. So, I mean, to be fair, we can't really judge the Israelites that hard because we're also, all of us are, rebellious in our own ways. But I just found that verse extremely, extremely interesting because it really shows God's mercy towards the Israelite people with how rebellious they they truly were. So going back to verse 14, Yahweh said to Moses, Behold your day's approach that you must die. Call Joshua, present yourselves in the tent of meeting that I may commission him. So Moses knows he's about to die. God basically said it several times at this point that It was Moses' time to go. God actually calls it uh, sleeping with his fathers, is what it says. Behold, you shall sleep with your fathers. So there's something comforting, I guess, also in that, that, you know, it wasn't just like death. You know, we think of death as so final, but God looks at death as almost like sleeping. You're going to sleep with your fathers. You know, sleep is not a permanent thing. Like when you go to sleep, you wake up the next morning, right? So I kind of like the way God words death. He often does this. He calls it sleeping or resting or something like that, not a permanent thing like death. So he tells Moses in verse 16, behold, you shall sleep with your fathers. This people will rise up and play the prostitute after strange gods of the land where they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I made with them. I can imagine as God was saying this to Moses, you know, in, in Moses' last moments that Moses was probably so frustrated. You know, he's probably like. After everything God has done for these people, you know, they're they're going to break the covenant, corrupt themselves, go after strange gods. Like I can imagine Moses was just so frustrated. <laughs> Part of me wonders if maybe he was just ready for death at this point. I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But maybe part of him was just like, I am so glad to be done with with this task of leading these people. <laughs> so it says in verse 17, my anger shall be kindled against them in that day and I will forsake them. I will hide my face from them and they shall be devoured. So a lot of those curses we were talking about over the past couple of weeks, a lot of those is just God taking his hand of blessing away from the people, hiding his face from them so that when problems happen, God doesn't answer. And those problems just keep getting worse and worse and worse, especially as people themselves continue to, to uh, cause these kinds of problems. But God says he's going to turn his face away and they're, they're going to end up crying out to their other gods, but then realizing in the end haven't these evils come on us because our God is not among us? So they abandoned God. They didn't want any part of him. They didn't want God among them. I mean, how true is that nowadays? Like so many people don't want God. They don't want him. But then like they're shocked when bad things happen to them. And then they curse God even more. But yet they didn't want God. They didn't make God their God. So why should God be among them? So God isn't going to be among people who don't want him there. He's going to leave. He's going to hide his face. He's going to turn away from the people who don't want him. And then he says, I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evil which they have done and that they have turned to other gods. They wanted these other fake gods more than the real thing. So now god writes a song (laughs) he says now write this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of israel put it in their mouths that this song might be a witness for me against the children of israel so yeah god wrote a song and we're going to talk about the song that god wrote in the next chapter and here's what it says in verse 20 when i have brought them into the land which i swore to their fathers flowing with milk and honey and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. That is so true, isn't it? We often turn away from God when things are really good, I think. Because when we have things that are really good, we forget about God, right? We forget who supplied us with all this good stuff. We start like becoming arrogant and thinking, oh, I did this for myself, you know, I got all this good stuff because I worked so hard or whatever. And then you you begin to forget about God, who actually gave you all of that. It's during the best times that we I think grow farther and farther away from God. That's why it says in scripture that it's more difficult for a rich man to enter into heaven than anybody else not to say that it's impossible for a rich man to enter into heaven but it is difficult for people who have everything to realize their need their need for God their need for a savior and that's exactly what God says right here it's not until after everything good starts happening to them after they don't need God anymore because they have everything that's when they're going to turn to other gods and despise god they're gonna despise him i mean despising that's like a really really strong word when you despise something that means you basically utterly hate it like if you despise a type of food like for example i despise blue cheese i despise it if it is in my food if i smell it i don't want to eat that food i will not eat that food (laughs) I hate blue cheese that much. But the people despise God. They want nothing to do with him. They hate him that much that they try to erase him out of everything in their lives. And not just from their own lives, but they try to erase him from other people's lives. Because they hate God that much. They despise God that much. That is why there's such a a push to remove God from every aspect of life here in America. Because it's not that these people just don't want God for themselves. It's that they actually despise God. They hate him so much that they don't even want you to follow God. They don't want your kids to follow God. They don't want any part of God whatsoever. And that's why there is a push to remove God today. And that's why there's persecution around the world. I mean, what does Jesus say? He says, it's not because they hate you that they persecute you. It's because they hated me first. And it's it's true. It's exactly what it is. They despise God. So they despise the people that love God. So it says that when this ends up happening, God will turn away from these people. So it says in verse 21, it will happen when many evils and troubles have come on them that this song will testify before them as a witness. For it will not be forgotten out of the mouths of their descendants. For I know their ways and what they are doing today. Before I have brought them into the land which I promised them. Hmm, I didn't notice that part either until just now. For I know their ways and what they are doing today. Before I have brought them into the land which I promised them. In other words, God knows the heart. He knew the heart of these people. He knew exactly what they were going to do after he brought them into the promised land. So you might be asking, like, why then did God bring them into the promised land if these people were so awful? Well, it's because God is merciful. He's merciful and gracious. And he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that their descendants would take the promised land for themselves. And it was time to do that. That doesn't mean that the Israelites that went into the promised land were going to be good. Just means that God is very, very merciful and was going to bless them, even though they were going to end up despising God very soon after this. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel, which obviously we will talk about that song, which is in the next chapter. We'll talk about that on Thursday. So then afterward, God ends up commissioning Joshua, the son of Nun. And he says, be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land, which I swore them. I will be with you. So he tells Joshua, look, Joshua, you are going to go lead the people in Moses's place and I, Yahweh, will be with you the whole time. So it's not just that Moses, I mean, yeah, Moses said it to Joshua, obviously. We we talked about that on Monday where Moses basically said the same thing, like, God is going to be with you, Joshua, so don't be afraid. But it's very different to hear it from God's own lips. <laughs> you know, I can imagine Joshua was quite happy to hear it from God himself because God never lies. So when Moses had finished writing the words of this law in a book until they were finished, Moses commanded the Levites who bore the Ark of the, uh, Yahweh's Covenant So the the Levites that carried the ark, Moses basically says to place the law in the ark. Or it says by the side of the ark. I don't know if that's in or next to, but it may be there for a witness against you. So yeah, it must have been next to the ark. But anyway, after all this, basically Moses tells the people exactly what God had said. You all are stiff-necked. You all are stubborn and hard-hearted. And you are going to turn away from God and corrupt yourselves, is what, uh, is what Moses says. Verse 29, for I know that after my death, you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn away from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will happen to you in the latter days, because you will do that which is evil in Yahweh's sight to provoke him to anger through the works of your hands. So let's not provoke God to anger. I think that's kind of the moral of all of this. Even though this is the Old Testament, there are plenty of other verses that say that the wicked is headed for disaster. And I mean, yesterday we talked about Jesus going to the cross and how the cross was actually going to glorify him, which I mean, we don't think of a torturous public execution as being glorifying like we don't think that. Public executions are never glorifying, typically, but in Jesus' case, it was, and it glorified the Father also. My point with all that is that even though you and I, being Christians, kind of have it tough because people don't like us, they despise God, so they despise you and they despise me, it doesn't mean that we're not going to share in God's glory in the end. Even though it doesn't look very glorifying now, nowadays, it doesn't look fun, it doesn't look, you know, uh, honoring to be mistreated by people or be insulted by people, that doesn't mean it's not going to be. Doesn't mean we're not going to share in God's glory. We are going to share in God's glory. So let's not provoke God to wrath by turning away from him just because we are afraid of what the world might think of us. That will provoke God because he wants us to be truthful and follow his laws. And in the end, even though it's not very glamorous right now to be a Christian, eventually it will be very glorifying when we share in God's glory, just as he tells us we're going to be able to. Faithful listener, I hope you loved today's podcast episode. And if you did, grab yourself a Bible Explained podcast t-shirt or a bumper sticker so that you can share the Bible Explained podcast wherever you go. But uh, faithful listeners, I really hope you have a fantastic, beautiful rest of your Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow for another episode out of John. We are finishing up the book of John very quickly. We're going to be moving actually very soon into season six of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.